Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. My name is Adam Whitener. I'm the founder of Astrolab Studios. Welcome to the music. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. PodCamp Toronto 2015, was that the last time we might have bumped into each other? Um, that seems too recent. I think wow. it's longer than that. Yeah. I think the last time I was at a PodCamp was probably 2014 more. Okay, so just a year before. Something like that. And the, the last time I was involved in it was even many years prior, you know, I think in 2009 Four. or 10, maybe. Wow. Was it that? Like 10? No. Yeah, man. 2009 and 10 were the years I was most involved, I believe. Maybe okay. 2011 also at the yeah. latest. And then after that, I kind of was, wasn't yeah. super involved. It was, it, was, it was too, too busy. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's one of those things. You put your time into those volunteer efforts yeah. for so long. You kind of get what you can out of it. You give what you can. And then it's maybe time to move on and, you know, devote your time to something Do else. Do some other things now. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. Listen, PodCamp's great, though. Yeah. And it's making oh, a resurgence as well with podcasting with becoming pod- a thing again. I was just on the website today, and like every session is about, not every, but like 90% of the sessions are about podcasts. Wow. And that's I remember incredible. back in like 2010, well, 2011, yeah. five max. Totally, 100%. So I actually, it's funny, we'll just quickly go into this real yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Um, not to totally like overtake the <laughs> podcast okay. talking about PodCamp, but. Um, when I got involved, I actually got involved strictly because it was all about marketing and social media at that time. Mm-hmm. Like it was really about Twitter was you know really big and kind of yeah. popular, and uh, there were a lot of talks sort of on how to for for brands and sort of how to approach social media. So how to build for me, that's really what my interest was. You know, I was working in the agency world, so yeah. Um, and I really knew nothing about podcasts, and podcasts at that time really weren't a thing. They they were a thing. Yeah. Uh, and Very niche. which led to the, but they had their, they were coming up podcasts prior to dying were on a, you know, a rise and then they died and then they came back like crazy. So yeah. anyway, sorry for that little tangent. That's your, yeah. PodCamp. Um, yeah. but listen, congratulations on all the stuff that's been happening with, uh, with Astrolab. Thank you. Like I see some of the photos, uh, and, and videos that you post and like everybody who's anybody, and the city seems to have gone in and out of your studio. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would put it that way. Like, that sounds a bit, you know, kind of cocky to me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we have had a number of really, really cool. I mean, I think everything that comes in is really cool in its own way. Yeah. Um, you're right, though. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, really great clients and interesting projects shot at our studios. Yeah. Um, and we're very lucky. I. I would have never imagined, you know, like the roster of clients that we have coming through the door when I was a few years back when we were opening. It's been three years since we opened uh, next month, actually. I would have never imagined, you know, that we would have all those clients. So it has been really incredible for right. sure. I want, I want to hear a story. I want to hear the story of going from PR yep. to opening, like, like to owning your own business and, and not just, you know, yeah. a, a little small little PR business nothing wrong with that but like yeah. this is this is huge but listen before we get there sure uh, i gotta pay a bill um so i want to thank radical road brewery 
uh, where we record every Tuesday evening. They're the best craft beer. They're right here in the heart of Leslieville. Go check them out. 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. So listen, so Adam, like, tell me how you go from, was it, I know you were at Edelman, you were at North Strategic? Yeah. As well? That's correct. Those were the two sort of where I spent most of my time. Yeah. Edelman more so. And then all of a sudden you opened up this huge studio. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it did. It wasn't like that. It wasn't huge, but it was Uh, like, where the heck did this come from? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely bigger than I intended for it to be when I first set out, which I'll get to, I guess. But I'll probably just start back at the beginning. I think it's easier. Sure, yeah. So you mentioned my background in PR. I did study PR. I actually never really practiced it. I I worked in PR agencies, but I was always on the sort of social or quote-unquote digital team. Mm-hmm. and never really did practice sort of what you traditionally would think of as PR. Okay. Um, and basically, Agency World really prepped me for, you know, having my own business in so many ways. The long hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, but in a lot of ways, an agency, you are, it is very entrepreneurial, especially as you sort of climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. You're expected to, you know, not only maintain relationships, but bring new ones and grow business, you know, that type of thing. So um, that really preps you for a lot of the things you need to do when it comes to having your own business, right? Uh, you got to hustle, uh, basically. So um, I owe a lot of what I know and what I was able to do as far as launching my own business, definitely to agency. Yeah. At the same time, uh, I owe everything to agency for sort of driving me to want to do that. Um, in what? In which way? Sorry? In, like in what way did they... did? Did your oh. experience drive you to have to do your um, thing? Well, I just like couldn't stand the the okay. grind and the fact that like n- not only was it accepted to work crazy hours and be always connected to your devices and yeah. and responding to email and all that, but it was actually celebrated by my peers and that's what I wow. kind of especially by my superiors, but even by my peers too. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, and I just thought, have we all gone nuts? Like, life is not about just like working all the time. Mind you, having my own business, of course, I actually work more now than I ever did then. Yeah. But it's completely different because I don't know. I can't sum this up very yeah. easily, but it's definitely different. You know, you you know that you're putting it in, you're putting in this extra time and all this work for something that you truly care about and that you. You own it. It's yours. Yeah. It's yeah. your baby, you know? So it's totally different. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like a good analogy would probably be like babysitting someone's shitty kid would be like really <laughs> annoying, right? Yeah. That yeah, kid yeah. would drive you nuts. Yeah. But if it was your same kid doing the same shit as that other kid, yeah. maybe because you love the kid, it wouldn't be yeah. quite as bad, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like that, I think. It's probably a good analogy for it. So yeah. Anyway, so um, so basically I was working in agency and because I was in social media... Yeah. Content creation was a big part of my role, whether right. I was the one creating the content or I was responsible for seeing it be created. Um, content creation was always a big part of what I did yeah. and you something that I that loved as well? to do. Did you teach? I taught content strategy. Content strategy. 101. Like One, okay. very ba- basic. Like stuff. To the people I was teaching it to, all great, bright people, but just given their backgrounds, generally sure. speaking the stuff I had was pretty mind blowing, but to anyone like a strategist, it was yeah. very like rudimentary basic stuff. Basic sure. stuff yeah, yeah. Right. But 
it's good foundational stuff, nevertheless, that you should know if you're going to be creating and putting content out there. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, yeah. so I always had sort of roles and I lived in the world of content. And I always do have loved uh, just creating things, you know, mm. um, and that the whole process of creating things and seeing something go from an idea to a physical or something you can actually see or touch or hear or a combination of those things. Yeah. So. Um, I've always been very much motivated by that. Like my first sort of real career, if you will, yeah, yeah. um, out of high school, because I thought at the time I was like, ah, I, don't, I didn't like school. Right. So I was like, no way do I want to go to college or university or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to build houses. I thought, oh, wow. perfect. I can make a ton of money. Sure, I love sure. doing it. The reason I like doing it, was I'm glad I got thing? out of that, by the way. Sorry. Was that a family thing? No. Um, I was the reason I got into that really was that I was the only class I excelled at in high school was woodshop. Okay. And my teacher there said, Hey, you know, Madame Holmes has this program for they basically bring in like sort of interns, if you will, like yeah. co op students, right? And yeah. you get to go out in the field and actually work on homes. And then you are introduced to contractors who are building homes, and that could lead to jobs if you're good and they like yeah. you, right? And so I put my all into that and I really did enjoy it. But anyway, not, I don't want to get off topic. The reason That's I enjoyed okay. it is yeah. that I really loved how you, at the start of the day, you might look and you're looking at a hole in the ground. And by the end, you've got like the first floor on, you yeah. know what I mean? By the end of the second day, you can see up to the second floor. Sure. And so it's like tangible results for the effort you're putting in. My whole point is that I like to create stuff. I yeah. think I, I, I'm a little long-winded. I'm sorry about that. No, uh, no. that's. I mean, it's important, I think, to be able to work and sort of see the results. Yes, 100%. Right? I need that or I can't yeah. do any. Like, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Like, <laughs> I just cannot. I need to see the results. Yeah. So It's interesting because sometimes in digital yeah. or in media, like you're putting all these results in or you're putting all this effort in and you see sort of the results that you can see. Yeah. But if if there if everything is not tied together, you're wondering. But did it make it? Like, I'm curious. Is a client happy? Yeah. Are they well? Not happy? And that's a whole other thing. Did they sell more widgets or? No, I know, and that's know? honestly a big part of like what led me to have to like kind of move on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hundred um, percent. I forgot what my point was. Yeah. No. No. I mean, so you had that experience of of building, of doing your own thing. The, yeah. your, your experience at the agency world said, okay, I need to like work for myself. Well, so yeah, basically I had the idea because I, like I said, I was creating a lot of content, content yeah, and right. um, I was noticing that there was kind of, there was a lack of, of um, sort of support in the city uh-huh. to create content. So for example, you know, I'd be shooting like a flat lay for Instagram yeah, and it would just be we'd be doing it on like a boardroom table with a white sheet or even just using the boardroom table for its wooden texture you know and light like lighting it with the light that's in the room just like the boardroom light like no extra lighting um and i just thought there had to be a better way and so that's where i set out to create what I said was great and what I ended up creating, by the way, are t- like totally different. So <laughs> for anyone who's interested in that, and, and I think that that's totally okay. And in fact, it continues to change too every day. As are you well. like where things have gone or is it like out of control now? Is that like where are you saying that what you have now is like totally different or? Yeah, basically I'm not totally different, but the idea initially was to create something that was like fairly small as far as size is concerned, like as far okay. as a facility is concerned. Okay. So. 
you might imagine like one or two little sort of studio bays, not too big, right? Yeah. Uh, perfect for tabletop. Great for little interviews, like talking head interviews and that kind of stuff. Okay. Good for sort of smaller shoots yeah. where people only need it for an hour to three hours maybe. And the idea was it would be pretty well pre-lit. So you'd have a bunch of light hanging in the grid. You've had lights on the floor that could just be wheeled in and ready to you know, line them up and yeah. basically ready to go, right? And um, I wanted to locate in Liberty Village because there's a ton of agencies there. Yeah. And agencies are the ones generally producing at that level of content. Like it's the sort of smaller budget social media stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the big stuff that they send to the production companies. So sure, sure. they're making a ton of this stuff, you yeah. know, like tons, 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 tons. So there is definitely a market for that. But the problem was Liberty Village is ex- incredibly expensive. Mm. And that's going back now four years. So now I'm sure it's even it's more, more cost prohibitive if you're new, coming in new as a new tenant. And, um, I, I crunched the numbers. It just didn't make sense. There's just no way I could... If Even if I had that place full all the time, I would have been totally screwed. Like, I would have never made any... I would have lost everything. It would have just sucked. So, mm. it just wasn't a business. So, it was done. The idea was dead. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, I was give, I'd was given up on it. I told my agent, you know what? I don't think it's going to work. I, I got to move on. I got to find something else to do. Yeah. And uh, my agent says, hang on. Like, give me... Let me be creative here. I have a couple ideas. I guess his idea was to call a bigger like film studio, which is what he did. He called around a bunch of them and he ended up finding one that was interested. So revival film studios said, Hey, we, yeah, we have a space that might work and we might be interested in working on a long-term lease agreement with you for it. They typically lease them out on sort of weekly and monthly basis for TV and film. Okay. okay. Um, So, so we went and looked and I immediately, it just kind of fell in my lap, right? And again, it wasn't even what I was looking for. It was much bigger. This was a fairly large studio yeah. when we first took it over before we broke it into two. It was one big studio. And uh, I didn't I didn't even know a ton about that, like on whether or not it would work. But obviously, I did some research and I my instincts just told me that there was a market for it and that it was really needed. Wow. Um, and my research, of course, too, not just my instincts, but a lot of it was definitely, you know, just going with trusting my instinct. And um, I definitely, you know, it was it was right. It was the right move. At the end of the day, the bigger studio has actually been more popular. There's a more demand for that than. So you have two studios. I have two rooms? now. Two. Okay. Yeah. I initially had three, actually. And that was a costly venture. Oh, so you had more space. No, I had three using my existing space. I'm talking 20-foot walls with all kinds of soundproofing material and everything that were erected when we first got the place okay, and then torn down when we decided that it should be two instead of three. Ah. And these are some of the costly mistakes that happen, especially when you're operating this type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and you need all the lighting, all the equipment in each room needs to have their own stuff, I'm guessing. Yeah, we have lighting and equipment for each room. It's not set up quite to the degree that I mentioned my initial idea would have been because mm-hmm. the needs at this level are much always different. So yeah. it's not as simple as just like having a pretty general even lighting for products on a table, you know. Yeah. Even that's a finesse thing. But we're working on generally a little bit productions now, a bit of step above that. Although we do get all kinds of sizes of production. Tell me about your first client. The first client we had is uh, these guys called Kid Studio. Okay. They're super cool. They produced, uh, they've done stuff for The Weeknd, oh, um, wow. Drake, tons of Converse, tons of big brands. Um, and they do, yeah, the guys who run it are super cool too. 
and they've been really great clients to us. They come through all the time. And uh, yeah, they were the first ones. We weren't even open yet. They, what was their project? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember what the first one was that they did, to be honest with you. They've yeah. done so many. They did one with Alessia Cara, one of her music videos. Is it with a car? She's in a car yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. You recently posted that, I think. Um, not too long ago. Not too, too long ago. Yeah. I mean, we're proud that that was shot in our studio, so yeah. it's been shared a few times for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, really cool guys. We weren't, like I said, we weren't even open yet, and I forget how they caught wind that we were opening, and they hit us yeah. up and were like, hey, we have this shoot. Uh, and I was like, oh man, we're not really open. Like it's still a bit dusty. Like we're still finishing the construction and everything. Yeah. Like, oh, we can make it work. And I was like, cool. I mean, if you want to make it work, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mike, Mike, uh, if you want to make it work, sure. And, and so they ended up becoming our first client before we even officially opened our doors, which was fantastic. I think it was about a week early before we opened. Um, and things really kicked off with a bang from there. Uh, we threw a launch party and that just set us on an amazing path. Like, we were booking up right away. Immediately the next day, people were calling and emailing. And, Get out of town. That's yeah. amazing. Now, I don't want to make it sound like it was just some easy success story. And, no, no. I mean, you tell um, them. You and that was it. And bookings just rolled in because yeah. it's been a struggle and a journey since then. Um, but we were off to like a roaring start. And we did see hockey stick-like growth for a very short period of time yeah. at launch. Um, of things, of course, sort of stabled off for that sure. for a while there. and. You know, markets change, other factors like new competition that comes on market happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go through periods where maybe even take a bit of a dip, right? So it's all part of the learning experience. Yeah. Um, Right now, um, and since basically since the last quarter of last year, probably around mid September, Mm -hmm. uh, things started really picking up. And since then, we've just been really busy. That's awesome. Even now. uh, Whereas last January, it was like we had nothing going on. So it's unpredictable. It's crazy. It's nuts. That is is so cool. That is so cool. Listen, obviously, the the name of this podcast is Welcome to the Music. So I'm really curious about some of the uh, uh, stories of music uh, within the studio. And you you mentioned Alessia Cara. Yep. um, And you mentioned... um, the, the agency that first came through where they you know did work with weekend and, and Drake um, obviously you talked about when you had this idea you know you're talking about some sort of simple stuff that just had good lighting um, and you know just big enough to do some simple videos or, or photos or things like that when when did you when did video when did um, music videos or, or working with musicians first appear so it's it's actually funny because I got involved in sort of the music world, if you will, mm-hmm. prior to even having the studio. So um, an artist that I was a fan of back in the day, and I mean, still am. I still am. Of course, yeah. I work with him. Uh, Saad Ayub is his name. And uh, we were friends. And I was a fan first. We kind of became friends. I met him actually at a show. Yeah. And then... Um, Basically, he hit me up. He was doing a music video, and he knew I worked in sort of marketing world agency. Sure, sure. And and was he he just thought you know maybe I might have some contacts. He was trying to try and find sponsors, whatever. And that was kind of our first uh, introduction to working together on some sort of professional, more professional level. Okay. Uh, I told him I, you know I couldn't really get him sponsors like that wasn't yeah you know, my clients it wouldn't work. But I was interested in getting involved in other ways. How could I help, etc. And so that's, so I basically, I got involved with that music video shoot and, uh, that was really my first taste of like a proper music video production as well. Actually, um, I'd done a lot of more corporate stuff and, you know, brand work, but, uh, it was my first time getting, you know, exposure to that. And I loved that for that shoot. I, well, okay. I was in it. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I was in it, but I, I ended up basically like having a sort of a producer credit. Um, I helped sort of bring things to the table, so to speak, because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't have a ton of budget. So I was able to help hook up some stuff for the production and yeah. save them some money, basically. What um, um, what was attractive to you about that whole process and about that project? Um, well, what I liked about working on music videos versus like corporate work was right away just the sort of freedom and the creativity. Mm. Um, and just like the, yeah, just the ability to like feel free that way because with client work it's always very restrictive and uh, even when clients really love your ideas a lot of the time they end up warping and distorting it and by the end when you put it out it's not even what your idea was and you're like what the yeah. f-? like it's just <laughs> that which drives me insane so it's like in this case you know every music video that I've gone to be part of it's like I got to enjoy that creative process and was actually happy with the finished product it was like something that I was proud of proud I could have been a part of and you know, I could see my touch on it and whatever. Right. And so, yeah, so just that in itself is enough, um, you know, to, to make you love doing it. Of course, music videos don't really like pay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're still great clients to us and I shouldn't say they don't pay as far as studio clients, <laughs> like, you know, um, typically the budgets are somewhat smaller unless it's like some huge music video for a big name. But, uh, um, is, is it, is there a reason why it's smaller? Is it just there? the need of resources are different? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we used to have a lot of more options for funding um, that have gone away. So okay. that's a factor, right? Okay. Um, uh, much used to have a big grant and they would give like 50 grand, uh, more than one grant out. A few people, I can't remember exactly how many, but anyway, they gave out quite a bit of money Yeah, because the CRTC used to mandate that they did that. Of course, once the CRTC mandate stopped, they stopped doing it mm-hmm. um, right away, very sure. swiftly. But um, people don't... I mean, it doesn't make sense to spend money on a music video. Music videos don't make money. Of course, if you're Drake, granted, okay, yeah, yeah. and your music videos are getting a bajillion, gazillion views, organic, without you really having to do anything, Yeah, they make you money. That's different, right? yeah. But if you have to boost the shit and post here and post there and put paid media here and paid media there just to get a few thousand views on your video. Mm-hmm. Your video is not making you money. It's costing you money not just to make it. It's costing you money to promote it. Yeah. It's never going to make you money. Yeah. Much like probably a lot of the music as well if you're at this level of artist, right? Which is just the reality of it. You know, as an artist, you hope that you can book live shows for a lot, and at least in a lot of uh, industries. I mean, I'm familiar with uh, mostly EDM, but I mean, in any indie rock any kind of music it really doesn't matter at the end of the day yeah yeah i mean you need to you need to book shows really and be touring on a larger scale not just playing like local shows but playing Mm -hmm. you know in cities around the world where you have a following and getting paid decent amounts for that you know and from there merch etc etc but you're not really for most artists you're not banking on spotify uh streams or youtube views to pay you um you know you're lucky if those pay you even what you invested to get them made in the first place, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, I forgot how I got on that tra- whole train. I <laughs> well, listen, went on topic, I think. You, um, Saad Ayub, is that how Saad Ayub, yeah. S A A D, Saad A Y U B, Ayub. There you go. You're also his manager? I'm his manager. Yeah, so, so tell me, so you go from helping with a video to now yeah. you're his manager. Yeah. Like, so, so there's obviously like a lot of stuff that goes into that. So tell me about. Um, 
EDM music. I'm, I'm guessing. Would that yeah, be I wouldn't. I, EDM is a is a way to label it broadly for okay. anyone who's not familiar with that electronic would be, music. That would be me. <laughs> yeah, if anyone who is familiar with electronic music for their sake, yeah. um, at the time he was really producing trance music. T r a n c e trance. Um, and uh, now he's really more into techno. He's producing a lot of techno. Okay. He, he moves around. Like, he produced a lot of different things. But um, nevertheless, um, EDM is a fine way to describe sure. it. It's okay. electronic dance music. That's oh, fine. Cool, it works. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so tell I, me, tell me yeah. that process of going from, you know, helping to put together a video to now you're his manager. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, just throughout that process, um, I think he really saw sort of the value that I brought to the table and... Mm the way that I like to do business and, and he was really looking for somebody at that time. And when he asked me, I was basically like, I don't even really know what that means. Like <laughs> what, I don't know what a manager does. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think that I'm the right person. Like I really don't think, Yeah. but he was convinced that he didn't want somebody who was like a soured, you know, old sort of industry dog, if you will. He wanted somebody who, could learn and figure it out together and be kind of hungry and really eager together. Yeah. Uh, do it more of like a partnership. Right. So, uh, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. I mean, if you're cool with knowing the fact that like, I don't know fucking anything, <laughs> then sure. And he was like, yeah, totally. So that was it. So I started learning yeah. right away, you know, and I still do obviously like anything I'm learning constantly. And, uh, and that's why I like to keep doing it. Right. It's constantly changing, like what you sort of need to be focused on. And it's a changing landscape, like every landscape is yeah. in the world today, you know, and always probably will and have yeah. yeah, But everything changes so fast, right? What does a manager do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, mainly, you're, you're really sort of their strategic advisor mm-hmm. on, depending on your relationship. Um, in my particular case with Saad, I'm a strategic advisor on, on almost everything. Um, okay. Definitely when it comes to anything to do with the music. His brand, uh, content, um, really anything uh, to do with yeah the the brand side of you and the music and everything that goes with that yeah uh, and you're kind of like um, their lifeline as well in a lot of ways like you know or you should be anyway if you have the proper okay. relationship I'm you know I'm the one he's gonna call when if he's in trouble um, yeah. you know if I'm doing my job right uh, and really you're like their kind of their rock and just you know you're you wear a lot of hats um it's hard to define the job mm-hmm. uh but it's definitely a very important job you know it'd be very lonely i think for a lot of artists without a proper without a good manager yeah that really cares and is invested in what they're doing um uh, yeah i'm sure they would be a lot you know very lonely a lot of the time i mean he's a producer right producers work in in uh solitude in a studio mm. you know pushing buttons on various I don't even know what he calls them, analog <laughs> audio devices. I don't know. I'm not a producer, but uh, the things that he uses to make his music, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the technical things, I'm not into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he does that in solitude. It's not like it's a band where he's got like bandmates to hang out with and whatnot. Sure. So, you know, that could be very isolating, I'm sure, um, for a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of artists. So, um, you know, I, my job is really to be there for him, to be in second, some a soundboard. Are you also the, also the type of person that helps like book tours or performances or business in, deals? In our like that? situation, yeah, I yeah. am. I, we have another guy, thankfully, who's joined our team, Michael. Awesome <laughs> guy. Uh, shout outs to Michael. 
Uh, he's now do- taking on the outreach for trying to book shows. And when we've got incoming show requests, he handles them now. I used to do that as well. Um, because we're on a smaller scale, yes. Like, I would do everything, yeah. right? Um, as we grow, the hope and for the, typically what you would do is you would have, you know, an agency that manages your bookings and you would sort of parcel that out, right? Interesting. Um, your manager typically should not handle the bookings. Okay. Uh, but at this scale, for sure, right? I mean, we can't afford to, like, start giving Everyone's doing everything. percentage to everything, right? Yeah. It's like we don't make a lot of money. Yeah. Know? So it's like the money we do make. You know, make sure we're wise with it. So, but Michael's a great addition to the team. So, um, he'll be he'll prove worth his percentage. I'm sure. Sure, sure. Well, listen, yeah. uh, side is your client. So, tell me more about him. What, um, what what has the the, the past decade looked like? What does 2020 look like? Talk to me with, you know, although I don't follow that type of music, tell me about it. Yeah. Um. Well, like I say, he's been exploring a lot with his sound. So when we first started working together, he was very much focused on trance music. He's now shifted to something much darker. Trance, as the name suggests, is like very uplifting, you okay. know, very sort of hand over heart, eyes closed, or hands in the air kind of thing, okay. swaying, you know, very, a lot of female vocalists, uh, female vocalists play very well into trance. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, it's very fast paced typically, or it's very slow and chill, depending on the type of trance it is. But yeah. anyway, it's very beautiful mm-hmm. music, actually. I really love it. All right. I still, I love, I mean, I love pretty much all music, but uh, anyway, now he's, he's really shifted away from that. His interests have really changed and, you know, like anybody, right? Your musical tastes change sure, as you sure. grow and develop. And uh, what he's really digging now is more what you might call melodic techno, which really does bring some elements of trance. Trance is very melodic um, into techno, which is techno is very drum focused, drum oriented, very okay. beat heavy. It's all about the beat in, in techno. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas with trance, it's really more about the melodies. Anyway, so he's kind of bridging the worlds a bit and really blending and blurring lines between genres and stuff which is something i really like and think is really cool um i mean if you go back to the roots of dance music it definitely wasn't so segmented it was kind of accepted as dance music even if it sounded different um i think anyway i mean i was a kid i was like a little kid uh, you know i mean in the real roots of dance i wasn't even like born um but disco maybe yeah, if yeah. you really want to go back. But, I mean, as far as, like, what we know as more modern, like, you know, let's say in the ni- starting from the 90s. Yeah. You know, as a teenager in the 90s, I know. <laughs> I was I was around. Uh, 90s were the best, by the way. Uh, anyway, that's for another podcast probably. Um, yeah, I, sorry. I keep going off on tangents. I love these tangents, topic. though. I love these stories. I love these stories. Well, listen, with, with, with the success that you've had uh, with Saad, um, have you been approached – by other musicians, other artists, other bands. Yeah, um, I I have, and I basically the way I will not unless somebody's like blew me away. Yeah, I, I'm not like yeah, I'm not really interested. Um, I've considered, and actually, it's like a really long story, so I don't know how much I should get into this. Let's do it. And, and there's a <laughs> darkness in there too. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there's a, yeah. Um, we actually a friend and I did sort of partner up and we're looking to create more of a actual formal agency okay for music and for artist management and we did sign uh one young artist and um anyway things didn't really work out and it kind of did turn south i say there was some there's some darkness in the story that i just won't touch upon but nevertheless that whole experience kind of 
was a learning experience for us in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, we both kind of decided, you know what, we're not sure that's really what we want to do and focus with our, our time on. So for now, I'm uh, sod is my really my sole focus with music, and I'm not really interested in signing other artists. However, if I were to, uh, it would be because I came across them and thought they were amazing. Yeah. And there have been some artists, I'm not going to lie, there have mm. been, uh, in, in, even there's some now that I see out there that I know that either ha- don't have managers or their managers are like just their friend and it's like not really a thing. Yeah. And they need help. And I, it's very tempting, like I want to, but... Yeah. I've decided that I really need to put my focus more on the studio and video production side again. Sure. Um, sure. And I mean, everything I do is a side hustle, really, but I need to kind of decide where to put my focus and um, music needs to be a side hustle, really, you know, and not, it can't take over and be the focus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, I've, I've really appreciated your time here. Let me ask you this last question. Yeah. Um, what are you listening to these days? Um, I listen to a ton of hip hop. Okay. Um, so I've is been, there anyone specific? Any new I, yeah, album? Yeah, that I like uh, Mac Miller. Um, I mean, his posthumous album just came out on the seventeenth. Uh, it's very special to me. It's actually the first time I've ever even really given the time of day at all to an album that came out after an artist that I liked has passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, I feel very gross and icky about it. And I feel like, you know what, this is not at the end of the day what the artist would have really wanted. And it's for greed and whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. in this particular case, the way his family's handled it, it's not. It's totally different. Um, and it's really a special album. Uh, if you're not a Mac Miller fan, I suggest you check the album out. I think you even non fans would like it. Um, but yeah, Mac Miller and Jay Cole has been a regular on my playlist. A local shout out I want to do is, uh, Havaya mighty, a female rapper, uh, local female rapper. She's incredible. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch of her and we were, you know, had her in our studio recently shooting a music video as well. Cool. Um, and she's been just like taking off. She won Polaris prize. Oh, first, wow. first rapper ever to win Polaris prize. That's yeah. Awesome. She's like really on the rise right now. Um, and really just any hip hop, to be honest, anything hip hop that's reminisce of sort of the good old days, what I'll say, like, okay. you know, nineties and early two thousands, yeah, yeah. uh, which a lot of new hip hop does have that sort of vibe to it again. Um, or if it's like that with a bit of a modern twist, I'm, I'm down. I'm not into the stuff where you can't like understand what they're saying or it's all auto tune or yeah. the beat, every beat sounds the same. Like I'm not down with that, but yeah. So That's lots awesome. of hip hop. Listen, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me.